Suchi Ramesh coming on the Button Up Podcast today. Great to have you on. Thank you. It's great to be on. So you run Suchi Inc., which is an apparel manufacturer in the U.S., and we want to know a little bit about that, but we always like to start with how you got to where you are and what made you the uh, apparel fashion mogul you are today. Uh-huh. Well, thank you. Uh, well, not a, not a fashion mogul, but trying to, trying to do a little bit of do our part in reinvention. So uh, some, a little bit about me. Um, I have a, I'm a software engineer with an MBA in software. So I was in the tech world for about 10 years before Suchi Inc. Um, in specifically predictive data analytics and data science. So uh, the geekiest of the geeky stuff, which I really love doing. Um, I started with big corporate and Intel in their supply chain analytics division. And then went on to join two different venture-backed tech companies that both scaled really fast. And coincidentally, both became unicorns while I was with them. Um, so it was really cool um, because I got to see scale in enterprise B2B uh, up close, not once but twice. And these companies inform my view of the world. So they're very formative um, in molding my way of thinking. Um, so in starting Suchi Inc., uh, the goal was, you know, a few things. I, I knew I wanted to be in B2B. I, of course, knew that I wanted to control my destiny and start something on my own. Uh, but I also knew that I wanted to do something that could scale fast um, and scale not just fast but intelligently um, and uh, and sort of build a multi-generational company, if you would. So in the last three and a half years, Suchi Inc. has... Um, evolved to be a very unique business model. Um, so yes, the heart of what we do is manufacturing, but we're really a manufacturing um, a, a tech platform, if you would. So um, our Suchi Grid is the foundation, the backbone, and the spinal cord to everything we do. So it's minute-to-minute -minute data tracking analytics delivered to through a cloud-based software that's proprietary, um, and that's the grid. Um, so it it empowers participation across all of the um, all of the entities across the supply chain, whether it be brands and factories, um, suppliers. Um, so no matter where you are across any point in the supply chain, you're able to log into the grid and get one version of the truth. And the grid sits on top of a network of manufacturing facilities or factories. So one of those factories is our own. And so that's how we began. We started with our own manufacturing facility because it was important to understand the process and inform the features of the software. And today our factory is one of 400 factories across North, Central, and South America that are all connected on the grid. And together with the network of factories and our software, we provide um, uh, solutions to about 220 brands across men, women, kids, um, and other categories. So you, are you helping to digitize the existing factories that were stuck in the dark ages? Exactly. So our customers work with us in two forms. Um, the first form is where it's sort of a, uh, a platform as a service, a model where they leverage um, our factories to make physical products and uh, use our software. And as the software has gotten stronger, a lot of big brands and big factories come to us and say, hey, we just want to use your software to digitize our supply chain and uh, take and take our business to the next level. Interesting. But at what point to you did style start to become important? Was it before corporate? You like uh, your so own personal style. My own personal style? Well, look, to be honest, um, Suchi Inc. is really a B2B um, supply chain platform, right? So... 
uh, we are powering the supply chain and, and technology for brands of all sizes, all the way from startup digitally um, native brands to mid-size and large enterprise providers. Um, so I am very happy being a geek. I definitely manage my own wardrobe, and I and I and I and, and um, I'd say that. I have my um, sense of style with restricted to my wardrobe, but I have no delusions about um, about informing anyone else's style. And that's kind of the company too. We're not, you know, we're empowering other brands. So we really don't have a position on our own brand or our own design aesthetic, if you would. Whatever the design aesthetic of our customers are, our job is to bring that to life using our supply chain infrastructure and using the technology. Why apparel, I guess, out of all the categories to kind of digitized using software there's all these different factories in the in the country why apparel yeah i mean we look at apparel as sort of the first step uh we are now in shoes and bags um and home accessories um and really we look at our um uh, the the industries we want to reinvent are all of the fashion industries and adjacent industries too we did start with the apparel for a few reasons um we think the opportunity there is massive. So the apparel's global supply chain is trillions of dollars and it still runs the same way. The whole global supply chain, although there are disruptors today, um, you know, most of the manufacturing and design, it still runs the way it did decades ago, right? It hasn't changed much in 40, 50 years. Um, and so there was a huge opportunity, but with that huge opportunity came high execution risk. Um, so if you really look at a quadrant like an X by Y axis, where let's say the Y axis, you're plotting the execution risk um, and the X axis, you're plotting the size of the market. Um, you needless to say, as you start a company, you want to be in a large market so, so that um, you have the ability to scale. But um, it, it's, it's tempting to go into something where the execution risk is low. But if the market is large and the execution risk is low, you're going to have a lot of competition. But if the market is large, the execution risk is high, um, and um, and it's not really a consensus-driven um, solution. Meaning that if, if it was consensus-driven, everybody would be doing doing it. So for all of these reasons, uh, we thought the apparel um, sector as a start was interesting um, because it wasn't easy. There's there's a lot of um, not just execution risk, but there's high barriers to entry. And we've taken a multidisciplinary approach to solve it, meaning we've used a combination of supply chain processes and infrastructure along with simple technology. And uh, that was very difficult to do at the beginning. Uh, but now that we're a little ways in, it's also given us an advantage in terms of early mover um, runway, which is tough to replicate. So what year did you move into the apparel space and start Suchi Inc.? Uh, we started May of 2016. Okay, so at this point, you were able to observe the way that D2C brands were able to disrupt the consumer marketing side, but you saw the opportunity in the actual manufacturing itself. Right. Yes, and um, and and of course, and of course, we didn't begin knowing all. We didn't have all the answers when we started. We've iterated, we've learned, and we've gone back and edited um, our strategy. Uh, but yes, it's. Um, our customers, um, the, the the primary customer we want to partner with is uh, the direct-to-consumer brand or even a large retailer that um, that that wants to be more nimble um, for their end consumer. But we saw that there was a lot of innovation so far as that that point in the supply chain between 
the finished product and getting to the consumer, right? So there's a lot of technology on websites and things like Shopify and Stripe that make it possible to create a virtual storefront and, and also process payments. But there was this big black hole uh, further upstream, right? When you're designing and making the product, that part had not seen any innovation. Uh, so, so while we wanted to work with direct-to-consumer brands, uh, they sort of had, they, they had a lot of uh, tech and, and processes and innovation that had happened in the world with respect to how to stock the product on the front end, uh, the virtual front end, but where they needed help was the back end, and that's where we wanted to fit in. This seems like a, a pretty easy sell to the brand, like especially like a digital first, like a modern brand. But what's your pitch to the factory? Because for them, I could see if, if they're kind of old school, I could see it just seeming like extra work and maybe them not yeah. understanding the value at first. Yeah, so we, um, you know, in terms of uh, monetization, we, we don't really charge the factory yet for um, using our software, um, especially if these are smaller factories that we're just giving work to. Of course, down the road, um, as um, the software gets strong on its own, the, the large factory in the world may just need the software on its own to, to, run their, to run their operations, right? Similar to the brand, the factory then becomes also a target market uh, for our software as an independent solution. Uh, but for the most part, factories that are a part of our network uh, where uh, they, um, they actually produce product for our brands, meaning the relationship is still managed by Suchi Inc., and in the back end, we're making assignments to these factories. So at this stage, our goal is to really train the factories, get them digitized, um, give them very, very easy technology. Uh, so, you know, the, our primary motivation right now is not to monetize the login for the factories. I see. And then you, and then you also have a wholesale program, right? Yes. Yeah, so we have a wholesale program called Suchi X. And, um, and, you know, this is a very seamless addition to our suite of offerings under um, under Suchi Inc. So um, we, as we started connecting these factories, as we started listening to a lot of brands, we saw that some factories had pre-made product or they had fabric against pre-made pre-designed items. Um, and then on the brand side, not everybody wanted to customize the design and spend money on custom customizing the development. And so it just kind of made sense for us to create a virtual storefront to stock products that are ready to ship from our suppliers and factories or ready to make, especially if they have the design and the fabric. Um, and it lowers the um, the risk for the brand uh, because they're not spending money on, on developing products, especially when they're still trying to understand their core consumer. Um, and it also minimizes the lead time, of course, right? Because it's easier to, to purchase product in small quantities tested before you spend money on customizing. And is is the target for for that new brands who who are who have a tight budget, or is it like big big brands like multi brand retailers who want to start their own white label line? It's both. Um, you know, we started off with the hypothesis really that CGX would be uh, more of a favorite amongst emerging brands and direct to consumer startups, which is which is also which is kind of true. That hypothesis turned out to be true. But the one thing that was surprising for us is. A lot of our enterprise customers love CGX as well. Um, so they're using CGX as a combination lever to make them that much faster for their end consumers. Um, so these big brands, of course, also do their custom development and large volume with us. Uh, but they like CGX as a complementary weapon um, to be able to get them to iterate and move some items faster to market. Hmm. 
Yeah, it makes sense. And you had a there was a report that we saw from the BBC, like you actually have manufacturing that you're doing in New Jersey, right? And then you have like a vertical end of the business as well. Yes, yes. And the BBC piece is about a couple of years old. Uh, we've since moved to Karlstad. Uh, so when we began, yeah, we, we first invested in our own factory. And that factory is still um, the heart and soul of the business, if you would. Um, it's becoming more of an R&D center and a large, uh, large sample room house, if you would. We have about 80 sores here that are on our payroll. Um, and uh, we, we are out of a 50,000 square foot facility in Karlstad, New Jersey. Um, and then that's, of course, one of about 400 factories today in our network, except that this factory is on our payroll. One of the things that we always talk to our guests about is a lot of our brands that started, they started, the, like you said, the hypothesis of we want to manufacture in the U.S. And then you yeah. find out how difficult that is, especially at a scale. And so from yeah. your experience across all of the regions, like actually I just had this conversation last week. They said, you know, I went to the garment district factories and I think factories in Asia might be better. Like what has your, been your experience working across the regions? Yeah, it, it's just, you know, I think when brands start off, right, there's so many ways to to really slice the answer to that question. Uh, like most brands that we work with, they're great at creating, they're great at conceptualizing the design of the product and then at sales and marketing. And those are the brands that end up being successful, right? They've really got this, this messaging down, the branding, the sales and marketing, how to connect with the consumer. But there's this whole other piece of um, creating the supply chain, diversifying risks, understanding things like compliance, supply chain, infrastructure. That's a whole different skill set. And, and, you know, while at the beginning you can kind of put that together and kind of band-aid it for the first few launches, as your, as your business starts to scale, which is you want to be in that situation, suddenly the supply chain problem becomes exacerbated. So I think that's why, you know, the garment district is maybe a good place to start. Um, but for a lot of brands that start to scale, then they start to need somewhat of a, you need a different, more of a strategic solution to scaling your supply chain. And that's what we provide. I think the garment district is sort of a very narrow view of what's possible in the Western Hemisphere. Um, it's just there's a whole different world out there, even in the U.S., but not just in the U.S., fairly local countries, like even beyond the U.S. in Central and South America that are a lot more local than going all the way across the world. Um, and it's e it's tough as a young brand to to be able to extend and to know and, and invest the time and effort in reducing the cost of compliance, setting up your supply chain. So that's where we come in. Uh, we are obviously proof that you can do things locally, uh, that you can set up a sophisticated supply chain um, in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, but we're the answer to brands like this that want to focus on sales and marketing and not have to worry about running around like headless chickens in the garment district, right? So we believe the brand should focus on sales, marketing, and branding and let the, the back-end boring, but also, but important, supply chain and technology bits to us. The, uh, the other thing that may um, understandably scare off young brands about the garment district, it's very analog. You know, these, these are factories that have not changed the way they have worked in 50 years. And again, that's where we come in. Uh, we're connecting the entire supply chain, but... You know, as a, as a software person myself, I'm most excited about the grid uh, because I know that it's almost tougher to over-engineer a product for simplicity. When I say product, I mean the software product. Um, so we, we have an engineering team of about 30 people, 
And it's been really cool across our engineering team and product team to design something so simple that the brands would like to use it, but also the factories. Um, so, so, so those, you know, and that's why I think going to the garment industry can be scary because it's analog. It's also not the kind of place you envision would scale as your brand scales. Uh, but, but that's the problem we're trying to solve. So you think then, you know, being on the ground where you are, there is untapped potential in American manufacturing that just hasn't digitized because that, that has to be a huge component of it. Yes, absolutely. There is a lot of untapped potential. Um, and and it's also, I think it's coming at the right time, um, meaning that brands are recognizing it's important that, I mean, the consumers are asking for sustainability, um, for tra- traceability and transparency. Uh, so it, there's, a, there's a bunch of shifts happening, you know, permanent shifts. Uh, brands want to offer a lot more variety in design to their end consumers. Um, and, you know, if you have 10 different products, maybe two of them need r- really high volume. Eight of them may need smaller batches in real time. Um, and so for, uh, to, just to edit these kind of batch sizes across different styles needs a little more control. Um, and so that really lends itself well to having, um, you know, a growing network of factories, but fairly local. So we're able to not just do the smaller batches, but we also have large factories that can do the bigger batches. Uh, so, yes, I mean, I think that there's a ton of um, there's a ton of local infrastructure for manufacturing. When I say local, I also extend that to the rest of the Western Hemisphere. Uh, but it's also coming. And I think that that infrastructure is a lot more relevant in light of the fact that there's a shift happening with respect to varying batch sizes and needing speed to market. Right. Now, so when you come in, uh, you're now approaching manufacturers and and apparel and fashion. What kind of credibility were you able to bring to that space in order to get those conversations going? Yeah. So, you know, we are a very unique team. I mean, if you look up some of our uh, team members and leadership on LinkedIn, you'll see that we're a unique, uh, but we're a very um, brilliant, but humble mix of the best in technology, fashion operations and manufacturing. So our executive team, for example, is a representative of how the rest of the company is structured. We've got uh, some really, um, we've got some of the best in fashion, some of the best in manufacturing and supply chain. And of course, I represent the tech side and we have our, um, we've got some great people leading our engineering and product teams as well. So, in you know, when we were approaching these brands, you can't just expect a technology solution to solve everything, right? And that's why we were very passionate from the beginning about having a multidisciplinary approach. And we've also, you know, hired people that were experts in the industry as well um, so that we could prove to people that not only did we have um, a, a point of view on tech, we also had a very, we had the knowledge and a point of view uh, from a fashion and an operation standpoint as well. So what does your team look like now? Uh, we're at about 170 to 180 employees. Uh, again, to the point I made last, it's about 80 on the on the factory floor, and the rest of our team is across engineering, uh, uh, technology, product, sales, marketing, operations. Nice. And are these, are, is everybody in one place, or are you guys remote? Right now, all of us are in Carlstad, New Jersey, yes. Okay, so so near that factory. Yes. We're, we're all, the, the factory is right here. The 50,000 square feet we have in Carlstad includes the factory. Okay, okay, cool. And how do 
how do on the brand side, how do brands find you? So a lot of folks find us on Google. Um, that's if you, you know, look up um, U.S. made in U.S.A. manufacturing or digitizing supply chain or technology in supply chain, you'll come upon us. Uh, we've had a decent amount of press. Uh, we are also backed by, we raised our Series A round in uh, early part of this year or so. Um, so, so, you know, uh, from a tech standpoint as well, we've got the right kind of backing. So it's a combination of, uh, we've got some decent inbound in SEO. Uh, we're also getting out there into events and conferences where people find us. Uh, so it's a combination of all of this. Yeah, if you get out to Vegas for the Magic Trade Show. Yes, we were there actually. There yes, go. we've been there for the last couple of years. Oh yeah, my my background's in predictive analytics for B two B. I worked with a lot of fashion retailers, and so Magic. Oh no way! Yeah, uh, Magic, or I'm trying to think. Yeah, NRF is coming up. You got to be at NRF in January. Yeah, yeah, we're there as well. We don't have a booth, but we're attending. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I was in B2B predictive. I don't meet a lot of people from that world in fashion. So <laughs> Nothing like uh, New York, January 15th every year. Yes, absolutely. I've attended. I used to attend an RF uh, in a different, you know, in a different world. It feels like it feels like light years ago, but it's funny attending an RF as Suchi Inc. now. Right, I know. Well, we have a series of rapid-fire questions. We just like to get a few, one or two word answers. Uh, are you ready for that? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Go for it. All right. So your preference, morning shower or evening shower? Morning. You like uh, cardio or lifting? Lifting now. Good to, good to hear. Uh, the last book that you read? Uh, the last book. Shit, I have quite a few on my table. Let's see. Um Startup, uh, startup founders by Jessica Livingston. I may be getting the name wrong. Um, found, uh, founder stories, one of those. Um, and then I also, the other book that I just finished reading is uh, "Who You Are Is What You Do." What you do is who you are. I get the names wrong, but that's by bon Ben Horowitz. Oh yeah, Ben. I I knew he's on the press tour for that one. I meant to get. I think it's on my wish list. Um, yeah. Your preference for style: spring, summer, or fall, winter style. I'm pretty seasonless, so I, I pick for something that works across seasons. Okay. And then if you were with somebody who was wearing a suit, do you prefer notch lapels or peak lapels? No lapels. No lapels. Casual. Yeah. Yes, casual. And if you're getting in the shower and you want to like pump yourself up for the day, what song are you listening to? Ah, uh, let's see. Right now, I like, uh, I like Blue October. Blue. It depends. It's always it was. It's always the the week. I listen to a lot of different kinds of music, but um, right now I'm listening to Blue October um, and Kings of Leon. All right, that's great. Nice. So, what are you most excited about with Suji Inc. in the next twelve months? Scaling. We're getting into our Series B in about uh, in January, so we're going to hit the road. Um, and uh, just the software piece. I think the attention it's getting is great, and we can't wait to. The, the reaction from brands and seeing what the grid could do for them is very gratifying. So continuing to make change. One part of it is, of course, sales, scaling, and there's a P&L impact of that. But the other part of it is just driving real lasting change in brands um, and in factories across the world. So excited about that, too. Yeah, so you mentioned you had 200 fashion brands on the on the apparel side. Yeah, 200, 200 plus. Yeah. Yeah, that's no small feat. Congratulations. Thank you. 
Well, that's great. Well, thank you for coming on the Button Up Podcast, Suchi. We're excited to see what you go. Good luck in the Series B. And is uh, is a good place to follow or connect. You had mentioned the LinkedIn. You have a company page. Yes, we do. We uh, look us up, uh, Suchi Inc., and uh, you'll find a bunch of us there. Great. We'll put that in the show notes so people can check it out. And looking forward to seeing what you do with digitizing the manufacturing space. Thank you. Likewise. Good luck to you guys. And, uh, and we'll be cheering you on. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye.